like I'm in good company because Jane Eyre is my favorite book. So <gasps> okay, well, let's, really let, let's go with Jane Eyre today. Jane Eyre is my favorite book. I'm so glad you asked. Yay! <laughs> Welcome to Hold On, a podcast for parents and the people who love them. My name's Chad Poe. And I'm Lydia McMillan, and we're so glad you're here. So, Chad, what is the word of the day? It's the word of the day. Yeah, yeah, it's the word of the day. Oh, yeah. Word of the day. Yeah. Lydia, actually, we have two words, and our words are conviction and honesty. Those are great words, Chad. And why are those two words our words this week? Because we're having a conversation with Karen Swallow Pryor about... Really, the kind of stuff that we talk about on this podcast that she doesn't talk about on other podcasts that we felt like she should talk about with us on our podcast. So (laughs) should be a good time. Yes, we are so thankful to have her on this podcast. And we're thankful for you, our listeners, to join us and listen in. We're also thankful for your reviews on our podcast. Make sure you share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Shout out this week goes to Country 31 They titled their review so much fun and give us five stars. Isn't that so generous, Chad? That's exactly what they're supposed to give us. (laughs) They go on to say childhood memories, God talks, friendship, adulthood. This podcast is so much fun. K Country 31, thank you so much for your review. And friends, please go over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars only. We know that you are being dishonest and whatever the opposite of convicted is if you give us anything less. Also, friends, I would love for you to share on your social media feeds that you listen to our podcast because it is helpful for your friends to become our friends. That's a really good way for podcasts to grow, and we know that we all need to grow. Yeah, so this week we are interviewing Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor. So y'all take a listen. Hey guys, we are here today with Dr. Karen Pryor from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. You may know her from uh, her uh, Twitter profile, The Notorious KSP, and we are grateful to have you, Dr. Pryor. It's great to be with you. Uh, Dr. Pryor, you are on um, some really important podcasts, and you on those podcasts, you answer some really important questions. And with that in mind, I need you to know that that's not what's going to happen today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All the better. <laughs> we really just want to talk to you about you and your life and ask you some things that maybe you've not thought about. And we're going to have a good time if that's okay with you. It's absolutely fine. Uh, Lydia, do you have anything for Dr. Pryor before we get moving? Um. Yeah. So our our listeners, they are... They're, they're readers. A lot of them love books. And from time to time, even our Facebook group will ask like, what are you reading or what are you listening to? That sort of thing. So um, what is your favorite book? Oh, she starts out with the hardest question <laughs> of all. Um, so I, I really have, so I have four favorite novels. And it, if you ask me on any given day, I'll say a different one. So I'm just going to say what they are. They are Charles Dickens' Great Expectations, Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre, um, Gustave Flaubert's uh, Madame Bovary, and Thomas Hardy's Tess of the D'Urbervilles, and maybe Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. 
It's just so hard. That's five. I'm not good with the math. <laughs> so all of those are my favorites. I feel like I'm in good company because Jane Eyre is my favorite book. So <gasps> okay, well, let's, really let, let's go with Jane Eyre today. Jane Eyre is my favorite book. I'm so glad you asked. Yay! <laughs> Dr. Pryor, do you have any books that that you, you're reading right now that you would recommend to people? Like if we were going to offer a summer reading list for our listeners, anything that you would say, this is great. You should try this. Okay, well, I'm going to be completely um, shameless and say that I, you know, I'm doing this series of classics, editing new, you know, and producing new volumes with introductions for readers who may or may not be familiar with them. And they are designed for people who just, you know, maybe aren't well versed in the classics, but want to try or reread them. And so definitely Jane Eyre. um, And that is part of my classic series. Um, I have introductions for readers, annotation, light annotations, and lots of discussion questions to help readers kind of figure out how to think about the book, and especially in a biblical way. Um, and then what the book that came out with Jane Eyre just a few weeks ago is Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which most people, a lot of people have not read the novel. They've just seen the old film versions or whatever. And though nothing captures the novel the way it really is people will be shocked and amazed how at how different the novel is it's 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 actually pretty um philosophical and theological and i talk about all those themes in the introductions so you know i would say look at my classics series um in terms of more you know contemporary fiction i do try to read uh some of that um i do have to say my reading tastes are very literary and very dark compared to most people so it's hard for me to make recommendations but um actually this this is another classic this year for the first time ever i read john steinbeck's east of eden and i was awed and amazed um it's a big thick book and if that scares anyone <laughs> just go into it knowing that it's it draws on all of the best and most famous stories in the old testament and kind of retells the stories of of the bible in you know in early 20th century form so i think east of eden is a great read um yeah i don't know there 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 i i like to look at um some of the more modern classics the award winners i just read piranesi by Suzanne Clark, which is a fantasy book. I don't read that very much. A Children's Bible by Lydia Millet is a brilliant sort of allegory and satire. It's kind of dark, so um, beware. Um, I downloaded that the other day. I have that on Audible to listen to. Everyone, I posted about it and everyone was like, oh, is it what version of the Children's Bible is that? And I'm like, it's not a Children's Bible. It's, it's not at all. And it's definitely dark but it's i think it's a very biting and prophetic kind of satire about our times about the negligence of parents toward their children um pretty powerful so there is no art from the sally lloyd jones book in that <laughs> no well no 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 but there is a children's bible that is at the center of it it's it's very fascinating because it's about these children who are raised in a completely secular environment and they don't even know what a bible is really and they pick it up one of them picks it up and reads it and they're like it's completely foreign to them and they find themselves living out some of the stories in in the bible you know it's just really fascinating fantastic all right now that we've covered 
the reading portion of our time with you. We have some very serious questions to ask, and we want to hear your really honest, truthful answers. No holding back. Okay. Wow. Heavy. Prepare, prepare your heart. Um, <laughs> question number one. We recently did a podcast uh, on, on Chick-fil-A. We actually turned their entire menu into a bracket, like you were going to have a tournament out of that bracket. What's your favorite menu item at Chick-fil-A? Um, <laughs> I am not a very good Christian. I do not go to Chick-fil-A a lot. <laughs> But I like, um, there's a salad they have that has some chicken in it. That's good. <laughs> and something spicy. Is it a spicy salad? Uh-huh. They have that. I, I like this. <laughs> where do you go? If you are going for a quick lunch, where does Dr. Pryor go for a quick okay. lunch? All right. So, yeah. So my go-to places for that is... Um, either yeah don't don't i you know i i have nothing to be snobby about is subway or sheets because i like to my do what you you know my made to order salads or subs that's fantastic sheets is i love sheets we don't have that here is that what is sheets sheets is um it yeah i'm not sure where they are they started i think in pennsylvania and they're kind of down this far but i don't think they go so sheets is actually a gas station with you walk in they were the first place I ever went to years ago like more than 20 years like 25 years ago they had the made to order touch screen where you just you know you just put you may order your salad or your sub and you put exactly what you want on it um and it's made right there and fresh and really good I love it their coffee is pretty good too I had a salad at Bucky's yesterday so Buc Bucky's is the Texas variant of such. So my favorite is 7-Eleven. We had this conversation a couple podcasts ago of like what our favorite gas station is. I picked 7-Eleven because I'm from Virginia Beach. And so there I'm not getting a salad from 7-Eleven. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get an egg salad sandwich or tuna fish sandwich either. <laughs> nope. We're just getting a Slurpee. It'll just there for the Slurpee. Yep. Slurpee and gas. <laughs> All right. So we're turning a corner um, and talking about healthy things now. So we understand that you enjoy running and we want to ask, how would you describe your running regimen? So would you say it's occasional, it's routine, or you're an avid runner? So I do run almost every day, um, but I am not uh, fast. Um, <laughs> I'm not young. And I mean, but I have, so I ran cross country in high school and I was pretty decent. Um, and I picked up running again when I was in grad school for the mental health part of it, you know, just kind of balance out all of that thinking and reading all day. And, um, and that was when I was living in the north. So it was actually, you know, it was sort of sporadic because I do not run in any, I don't, if it's, it has to be at least 36 degrees for me to go running. Um, I'd rather run in 80 degrees than 30 degrees. <laughs> and so then I really got a lot more um, serious about it when I was serving as department chair at my previous university, because again, like the mental stress um, and just needing to balance that out with just kind of getting outside and doing something physical. Uh, and so I, 
I at one point I was doing like um, 35 to 40 or more miles a week. Um, and, you know, which I, I don't do that as much now. And I do do some walking because, again, I'm just like I'm not an athlete and I'm not young. And so I just go out and do it almost every day more for my brain. Um, there's actually an excellent article at the Atlantic that came out uh, several years ago and it talked about why writers tend to run and it has to do with um, just the way running is repetitious and it lets your mind somehow it lets your mind kind of ruminate on things and so the more I write the more I need to go out and just kind of run and think um, so do you have a sneaker brand of choice that you run in um, I really, I go through sneakers pretty fast, so I don't like to spend like a hundred dollars each on them. So I would say my favorite, my best brand is, is Nike. They yeah, really are the best. Um, but I can't always get them at the price that I want to get them at. So, um, whatever I can get, I, I, you know, I, I wear the soles unevenly, so I do go through them pretty quickly. I noticed on your Instagram, the pictures that you post of your runs are beautiful. I, I, I always look at those and I always think, how does she run while she holds her phone? Because I have moved away from holding my phone when I try to run. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, that's why I, I, I'm stopping and taking pictures. I am not running fast and, and nonstop. And I some, I mean, most of my pictures, I have a four mile route. I have a six mile route. I have a seven mile route. And I used to have, I mean, I haven't done the eight mile one in a long, long time, but it's all just, you know, I step off of my front porch and I go in one direction and all of my pictures, I never run anywhere else. They're all like of the same places that I go by every day. Okay. Dr. Pryor, I've got a question about culture because on your, in your bio, it says you are, you teach Christianity and culture. My question is about um, a certain uh, brand of culture or a type of culture, yogurt culture. I'm going to give you four fancy yogurt brands, and I want you to tell me which one of these four is fake. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. I'm ready for this. All right. Uh, number one, La Fermier. Number two, Oyu. Number three, Juju. Number four, Nusa. One. You're incorrect, and I feel is terrible. Is it two? Is it two? No, the third, the third one, Shushu, is fake. I am so disappointed in myself because I thought I knew my yogurt. Do you have a favorite yogurt? Um, I, I haven't had it in a long time, but it was four new, new. Noose is great. Noose, yes, yes, it's so good. It's like ice cream. It's also a sugar bomb. So. It is. So that's why I haven't had it in a long, long time. It's like a treat. That's right. <laughs> so good. So good. I recommended it to um, a lady and she emailed me and said, hey, that yogurt you recommended had more calories or had more sugar in it than a Frosty did. I said, okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> no wonder we like it so much. Yeah, I'm a Weight Watchers right now and I just do a lot of light and fit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, this, is, this is a fancy. This yep, is a French. I've, I've got it in my refrigerator now. <laughs> that Australian Noosa is not for you. It is the opposite of light and fit. <laughs> Truth, truth. Uh, okay, so um, we talk a lot about uh, film and movie and what we're watching in our Facebook group. Um, so, do you watch TV? 
I do. <laughs> um, I uh, have finally, you know, it's taken a long time, but um, my husband and I do Netflix and chill. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, we've kind of gotten into the streaming. Uh, we don't binge watch, but um, we have, and I, I often look for recommendations. So we've really um, enjoyed a number of, we, we're very picky. Um, and so we'll begin to watch something and there are so many shows we've begun to watch and we just leave them off. But some of our favorites are probably our top favorite is Broadchurch, which is just amazing. Um, and it's just, you know, there are a lot of sort of police and detective shows, but for some reason, Broadchurch is just really, really well done. Um, we just finished Detectorists, which was delightful. Um, and, uh, we loved making a murderer. That was probably one of the first ones we started watching and did actually watch like three episodes one night. Um, and then in terms of film, um, I, I, well, it's actually the same for film and except for those new series that we watch, I tend to watch the same things over and over. Like I could, I have, I watch over and over Seinfeld, The Office, um, and Schitt's Creek, amazing shows. And uh, then with films, I haven't, you know, I have, it's there. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch films. I, I have some favorites, but I don't know. I haven't seen any really good ones lately. I don't know if it's COVID or what, but. Have you watched uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No, is that good? Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a comedy set in the vein of mm, the office the office feel it's you know um andy sandberg's in it but it's set in a police station so it's the best of both worlds put that together oh i will check that out you named two you named two care you named two shows two of my favorite characters myra rose and michael scott are uh in your list of television shows and i also love george casanza so all three of those are uh, there for me you ha- we have such good taste <laughs> we're really great at this yes so i i'm i'm trying to think of the best way to word this question but if a real life jane Eyre was placed in a reality tv show do you think she could survive oh I don't watch a lot of reality TV shows. Um, so um, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I think that she, um, I mean, I think she might own it in all the best ways, but I don't know if, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what the other characters would do with her. I hope they wouldn't eat her alive. <laughs> what would you say are Jane Eyre's um, top two character traits? I would say um, conviction and honesty. One of those gets you through in reality TV and the other one doesn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think she would be great to watch in like a scenario where there would be uh, like a contest or a game show kind of thing. Um like big brother or something like that but i don't know if she would like survive on like a kardashian kind of scenario where it would be like playing out her life because i think she'd just be like this is absolutely ridiculous yeah i've got people yeah. upstairs to worry about you know <laughs> dr Pryor. last year uh there was a map of the united states 
of Thanksgiving side dishes. So um, as far as the most Googled side dish per state, and I've looked at what I believe to be the various states that you've lived in, at least the three that I'm familiar with. I'm going to ask you the state, and I want you to tell me what you believe the most Googled side dish in that state was. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah, yes. Now, you still live in Virginia. That's where we're getting all those beautiful running views. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is the most Googled side dish in the state of Virginia? Um, so depending on how you word it, something to do with either like the, the sweet potato casserole or whatever. Yeah. You nailed that. Candy jams is the answer. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So now you are commuting to North Carolina regularly, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is the most Googled side dish in the state of North Carolina? Um, yeah, see, so I'm a commuter, so you got to give me a little, you got to, I think you have to give me a handicap here, so I might need a couple guesses. So I'm going to say um, the green bean casserole. No, ma'am. I'll give you one more guess. Okay. Because, okay. Because you, I'm going to say stuffing. No, ma'am. Here it is. I'm going to give you the answer to North Carolina because it's ridiculous. The most Googled side dish in the state of North Carolina is rice. That is ridiculous. Wow. Rice on Thanksgiving. Well, people, you know, people. Yeah, people. All right. So people are the worst. Amen. Um, You were born uh, in the Northeast, right? Which one of the states? Which state? Maine. 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 Okay. But you're familiar with New Hampshire and Vermont, I would imagine. So I'm going to add. Yeah. New England. New England. New England area. Are Mm -hmm. Are you a sports fan? No. Okay. That's great. Um, in Vermont and Maine, uh, they had the exact same Googled side dish. You want to guess what that is? Cranberry sauce. No, ma'am. You've already, you've already said. Well, oh, oh, the green bean. Yes, ma'am. See, I, but I knew it would be like a vegetable or, you know, I knew it would be like one of the fruit or vegetables. I knew that. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the answer to the to uh, New Hampshire. It's potatoes, which is almost as boring as rice. <laughs> All well, right. at least it wasn't baked beans. You know, we grew up having baked bean suppers on Saturday nights in Maine. I I was really surprised by rice because I my dad went to Southeastern back in the '90s, and I just don't. I don't, and my parents live in North Carolina today, and I just don't see them searching for rice as a side dish. So just very, very (laughs) random. All right, next question. This is an upcoming episode that Chad and I keep talking about and our kids keep talking about. They want to do an episode about pets. All that, that's all they really want is just to talk about animals and pets. So do you have any pets and what are their names? Yes, I have. And you can find them on Instagram. I do post about them often. I have a Weimaraner named Eva and a German short-haired pointer named Ruby. And I have four chickens who don't have any names because the chickens, I just, yeah, they just, yeah. I, I named the first few batches, but now I don't name them. And um, I uh, board two horses here. I used to have horses, but, um, but they died of old age. And so we just have two of our neighbor's horses here but but ruba ruby and eva are you know are my girls and um they are fun and lovely and uh you find their pictures on instagram all the time do you not name your chickens 
because that's why you don't need Chick-fil-A or. <laughs> no, it's just like they, they can they end up looking alike. You get a few of the same breed and they look alike and then one dies or, you know, or gets sick and or like one day one got out and the dog got her. And yeah, so. You know, they just they they're they're chickens actually are a lot of they are a lot of fun. They are pigs. Like I don't know why we call pigs pigs and not call chickens pigs because they eat all of the leftovers and they are very demanding. Like if you are outside near the chicken coop, they are over there, you know, because ours are enclosed in a run because we have so many um animals of prey around here not just the dogs but we bobcats and hawks um but they are running over to the side of the 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 run like demanding the food and you know they just you just feed them all the leftovers and they they eat everything but orange peels we have a girl in our neighborhood and i live in the burbs so it's not like and she's got chickens and my kids take scraps to said chickens all of the time i had no idea that chickens were goats they, they, everything, they will eat it all. Here's I wonder a if, I wonder if my HOA will let me have chickens, Chad. No, <laughs> no, that, that made you fix your fence. They would, they made me bring in my cat. We had an outdoor cat uh, and they were like, you can't have a roaming cat around the neighborhood. I think it was ma- like making our neighbor's dog not very happy. And so we brought her in, but I was like, oh my oh. goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wonder if chickens would work. <laughs> You know what's better than not having a roaming cat? Not having a cat. Uh, here is uh, a question for you. Um, pride and Prejudice. Not the one with zombies, but just regular Pride and Prejudice. Regular. <laughs> basic Pride and Prejudice. Just, just Simplify. If the characters on Pride and Pre- from Pride and Prejudice were on the television show Survivor. Now, I know you don't watch a lot of reality TV. The whole thing's outwit, outlast, outplay. Who would be the winner of Survivor starring Pride and Prejudice characters. Well, Elizabeth Bennett, of course. She's the smartest and uh, wittiest and um, most patient of them all. So, What's your favorite live depiction of, I mean, I'm sure you've watched the movies of Pride and Prejudice. Do you have a preference of the two? Of yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I don't watch a lot of Jane Austen films. I watch them once, and then that's usually enough. Um, so I just, I can tell you that I hate the one with Kiera Knightley. It's terrible. Thank they re- you. They Thank reset you. the time period. They what? They reset the time period. It was set in the 18th century, and it and it was not. It didn't take place then, right? I Oh, I don't, it's been so long since I saw it. I just know there was no rain in the scene it's just i it's just ugh. but the bbc bb and uh bbc one is good yeah yeah that, that's the one that lydia yeah. prefers as you that's can tell her, the raise the roof that she's doing at her house <laughs> every time i'm like i can't even give me colin firth every time dr Pryor, i don't want to let you go without um just asking this question uh, when I followed you on Twitter, I thought oh she's funny and then you were at gospel <laughs> coalition and i didn't connect with you there uh, and the next thing I saw on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, was that you had been run over by a bus. And I just think it's amazing you've recovered the way you have. Um, what was more difficult, being run over by a, an actual bus or 
the spiritual bus that is Twitter that attempts to run people over. Which of those two is more difficult? Definitely the spiritual bus is more difficult, more ongoing. Um, but I don't see them as un as disconnected um, in some ways, like actually being. And you know, I was hit by the bus. I was. I, I fortunately it didn't run me over. I probably wouldn't be here, but it threw me about fifteen or twenty um, feet into the intersection uh, where I broke a lot of bones in my body, um, and it it really that was a kind of a spiritual experience for me um i was actually in town where i was hit uh for the purpose of attending a conference on um women in the church and um and as a lot of things have been going on like a lot of women in at least in our church context of you know uh, conservative evangelical context, Baptist context, uh, you know, it just feels like a lot of women have been thrown under the bus, um, especially as, you know, stories of abuse and cover up emerge that, you know, where the institution and the names are the ones that are, and the money um, are protected and preserved at the expense of the women who have been um, abused and hurt. And so that bus experience for me, actually, even though it's very different, you know, in a literal way, um, metaphorically, it's helped me to actually understand a lot more what victims go through because I've never really had never seen any of those situations up front. Now, now, you know, subsequently, I did experience my own um, kind of exposure to institutional abuse and cover up. But before that, I don't think I really, I thought I could understand, but it was very removed and very detached. Um, and now because of the trauma that I experienced in that accident, I, I understand on an entirely different level um, what, what people go through when they're traumatized. Well, I just want to say this before we close out our time. Throughout all of this, you have handled yourself with integrity and grace. And I have been encouraged um, to love Jesus more, to love people that I pastor more, uh, just because of watching the way that you care for people and the way that you carry yourself. So thank you so much. Thank you. That's encouraging. Uh, this has been our interview with Dr. Pryor. Uh, Lydia, do you have anything else that you would like to say? Yeah, just as a sister in Christ, thank you so much for your voice and sharing your gifts and your talents with with us and your time. This has been really fun. And um, it's just been so great to get to know you. Thank you so much. Oh, likewise. Go Jane. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Pryor. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You got to grab. Yeah. And then you go. That's right. Because it's the name of this segment. The grab and go. We are so glad that Dr. Pryor would be with us for our podcast. It was a really good time looking into... Uh, you know, asking her about yogurt and the other things that we asked her about. And we hope you had fun with that as well. Uh, Lydia, as we were thinking through uh, our time with Dr. Pryor, she really did remind us how much she loves Jane Eyre. And she used words like honesty and conviction to describe her. I would use those words to describe Dr. Pryor as well. Uh, the little bit that I know of her, I've noticed that she really does um, – kind of carry herself with those two things. And I believe that as followers of Jesus, all of us should really work towards honesty and work towards conviction because those things bring light to the gospel of Jesus, who God is, 
how God works, how God loves us. Yeah, I think of in First Thessalonians where it talks about, um, well, it says, our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. And just knowing we have the Holy Spirit as Christians to lead, guide, and direct us in all that we do. And um, so thankful for Dr. Pryor and being a sister in Christ and her um, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in and through her life as just a testimony to what God is doing. That she's, she's so well-rounded and she's able to have conversations about what it means to walk with the Lord and be, to use various pieces of literature to describe that. When she talks about her book on Frankenstein, I would have never connected Frankenstein to the gospel, but lo and behold, she did. For me, whenever I consider honesty and conviction, I look at what we see Paul tell us in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. In verses 15 and 16, he says, For we... The people of God are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Uh, so we as followers of Christ are represent Christ and to those who um, belong to him, there is something that is pleasant there. And we as followers of Jesus should be a pleasant representation and reflection of Christ in all that we say and do. Yeah, I'm very grateful for this time that we had with Dr. Pryor to talk about things that are not as important in life like Chick-fil-A and yogurt, but also the things that are important of just living a life that is pleasing to the Lord um, and to do his will, whatever it is. Yep. We're so glad that you guys uh, hung in with us this week to check out this interview and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.